welcome to the Better Birth Podcast with Erin Fung, hypnobirthing instructor. Join me as I talk to industry experts about all things birth, pregnancy and beyond. Okay, we're recording. Excellent. Oh, thank you though for, um, for agreeing to do our little video session because I know you're quite passionate about um, this. Topic. I did a, um, I did an Instagram post after a birth once, um, and it was a lovely birth. Multip, she had gone into the birth centre at a South London Trust. I will not name names. And mm-hmm. um, we'd ended up in the birth centre when we arrived and she was being triaged they were like oh before you can before we allow you to go in you have to have a ctg it's like allow have mm. literally the word have was thrown around like you oh um you have to do this to get in the you have to get in the pool you have to be this many centimeters before you can get into the pool you once you're in you have to get out of the pool to give birth to the placenta you have to and it was just constant and i was like the recommendation would be yeah to get out to the birth placenta because da, 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 which is rubbish is no recommendation for that at all it's just yeah opinion personal so it's yeah it, i think it's difficult isn't it because they as well i know as a um, the first time i gave birth because i didn't know anything different yeah um, i just kind of went along with whatever i was told to do and because the language is very it can be very coercive being mm. a being a, a kind of um naive first time mum you just kind of go along with what you're told don't you oh yeah totally and you and and you make the presumption that what you're being told is the right option the only option Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting having been on both sides now um and thinking about it more and and I think we're not presented properly with language it's it's always uh, things are things always presented and the language that's used is not necessarily coercive but basically this decision has been made and this is what will happen as opposed to Hmm. this is your situation Mm -hmm. these are the factors that we are considering this Mm -hmm. is the recommendation based on those factors however the options you have are yeah it's not presented it's presented more in a in a way as like it's a done deal yeah as opposed to a a conversation that should be happening between two people to get the best for both yeah I think that's the thing that drives me insane, and I'm yeah. and I'm I'm guilty of it myself. Every now and again, I'll say, "Oh, and so what we do is we'll we'll give you." And it's like, why am I giving you anything? This is your birth. Yeah. Okay, my suggestion is in two hours it would be advisable too. Yeah. And I do catch myself still saying it because, yeah. and I think we do, and we do it with our kids as well. It's not just yeah. it's it's diff- it's a it's a difficult habit to break, isn't it? But I mm. think it's it's. I think the, the difference is that you are, you're conscious of it and you consciously try to change that. Um, yeah, we will get it Yeah. And it's a bit like you say within hypnobirthing, you know, some of the times I remember, I remember being working um, on the wards or, you know, in labor ward mm. and we're coming hypnobirthing and the, the, you know, there's, there's the buzzwords that you try and avoid, yeah. but because you're, me- you're mentally, you you're the language that's written on the notes is how many contractions in 10 Mm. so for you you're thinking contraction as opposed to surge and so you often find yourself midwives will often find themselves and they try they catch themselves with surge your contract surge (laughs) (laughs) you know or or they'll say how's the pressure or the intensity for you it's it's it's, it's things 
know about it and a good midwife will consider how they present things yeah yeah so i mean what what kind what kind of things can could um a, a birthing person kind of do to kind of combat that because it's 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 not something that they really have control over is it no and and it's difficult but i think how they can how birthing people can do to change that language is is to parrot back almost so mm-hmm. if someone says to you oh how was your baby delivered and you can say my baby was birthed by yeah cesarean section yeah. or i had an assisted birth mm-hmm. you know because yeah again down to language yeah if you're having you know someone saying delivery it suggests that you are not part of that mm. and it takes yeah. the power away from women but if a you know a birthing person which it's hard to say and it's hard to do or if they say oh um so what we'll do is we'll allow you two hours to push mm-hmm. and then you can say okay so i understand from what you said your recommendation is and, and again that's not going to come from the birthing person it's likely to come from their support yeah their partner and yeah. they can say okay so what i've heard you say what i've heard you recommend Mm-hmm. Is that after two hours it would be your advice that we do this yeah and I, I think it can that's the sort of way of challenging the language that's used without going without creating confrontation yeah that's the, and nobody's using it because they're trying to it's not a purposeful thing yeah um and again you know saying oh you have to have a ctg now you say well why why do you recommend i have a ctg yeah or why do you recommend i mean being in, induced or or any other things it's kind of how you flip the language back around mm. i think that's one of the, it back. the tips that i put in my my live today was saying that you know asking questions is a really really good um a really good method of kind of gaining some some um um not authority but kind of um making yourself heard in in yeah. the bathroom so asking why, you know, and, and it, is, it does it, it does come across as less confrontational if you're if you're asking questions. And and it's a good thing to ask questions anyway, because, you know, you, you're yeah. as a birthing person, you're not not medically trained. You're not going to know everything, even if you've done your birth plan, you're not going to be an expert no. in the field. So it's perfectly, you know. But equally, I think birth people need to remember people who are birthing and supporting women who are birthing should also remember that they are might not be any experts in birth generally but they are the experts on themselves yes yeah um and should actually trust their instinct to some Mm -hmm. degree and if something doesn't feel right then there's no harm in saying to somebody you know you know this doesn't feel right for me can you explain why you're recommending this and what my alternatives are Mm. yeah it's not suggesting that i know better than you but i do know me better than you know me yeah yeah. I know what my pain threshold is. I know what a poo feels like and what a baby's head feels like. And <laughs> you know. yeah. So you you mentioned um, deliver delivered as a real bugbear. What are your other kind of bugbears? What 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 word, what buzzwords should as birth workers should we be avoiding using? Do you think? have <laughs> have have. Yeah. have to you have to do this. Um, what's the other one just mm-hmm. i'm just going to I'm just going to as if it's marginalizing what's about to happen and or, or it assumes consent absolutely yeah um but yeah and, it, and it's also the kind of thing it's sort of it's saying oh it's not a big deal 
you know, oh, I'm just popping to the shops. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Mm. But if I said to my husband, I'm just popping to the shops and then went to Blue Water, <laughs> different story. And so same thing for birth. I'm just going to examine you. Well, yeah. what does examine mean? Like, you know, how are you quantifying? How, or only, again, thinking about how, like one of the big things I hear is when women saying, oh, what about if you tell me if I'm only two centimetres? I said, mm. I'll never tell you you're only two centimetres. Yeah. I will say, this is amazing. Your cervix has dilated to two centimetres, which mm. means that it's gone through and it's moved, it's forward. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about all the other positive things. Dilatation isn't a big, it's one of the good things that have happened, but <laughs> it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. Um, and we know that dilatation can change quickly. It's to mm. do with where the cervix is positioned how thick, how thin it is, what, what other information, how, where the baby's head is in relation to that. Yeah. So it's, it's again, when someone says, oh, you've only got to two centimetres, darling. You're like, mm. yeah. again, disempowering. But someone says to you, this is amazing. Your cervix is really thin. It's you know, almost completely gone down. Yeah. Yeah. It's come right the way forward from being really positive. It suggests that your body's done a lot of work already. And yeah. now you've managed to get to two centimetres, which is awesome. Let's yeah. keep going. Yeah. You've done it have a massive effect on the on on somebody's you know mentality and 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 the progression of their labor depending on how you know how yeah. positive they feel yeah yeah so yeah those little words um are probably my and allow mm. um yeah, yeah. Um, i i it's funny because I, obviously i i'm on discussion forums and things and i see a lot of and I'm not just birth but you know generally in like mum groups and things um, and you see a lot of people um, after they've given birth, you know, recounting their birth stories. And I was not allowed to, I was not allowed a, a vaginal birth because I've had a C-section or I was not allowed to get into the water because my BMI was X, Y, Z. You know, you see, see a lot yeah. of, I was not allowed. Um, and again, and I think sometimes I think it comes from the, the hot, the kind of, healthcare professionals but I think sometimes it comes from women themselves a little bit because yeah it's, it's a way of kind of going that's fine I was not allowed to do that so that was okay and that again that's all right um often when I hear with women as well is like oh I couldn't breastfeed or I couldn't do that yeah. and for me I think oh, there are there are very few women that can't do it because of certain medical issues but yeah. the majority is it's not they couldn't do it is they weren't supported well enough yeah. to do it yeah and that's a big difference it's mm. like you know i say i can't ski but that's because i was never supported on a ski slope and when i went down i knocked a few children over and fell over <laughs> on my butt and i didn't like it and i didn't do it again <laughs> so i'll tell you i can't ski um but doesn't mean that i can't learn at some point it's just yeah. i didn't have the right support yeah um and i think the same for breastfeeding and things like that as well um one of the other things that really annoys me about language is when healthcare professionals give conflicting advice mm-hmm. and again it doesn't mean that the first advice was wrong or the second advice piece is wrong it, it might just be that the situation has adapted and changed mm-hmm. so the advice has to adapt and change to be different to that mm-hmm. but it's like you know for example hats on you're going to a postnatal world and some babies will have hats on and one midwife will come in or healthcare assistant or student midwife or mm. and they go, oh no, no, you can't put your hat on the baby. You can't do that. We have to take it off. And then the next one, midwife coming, oh no, your baby's too cold. You have to put it on. And these poor women are like, I have no idea what's going on. because yeah. one person, And then they get, they feel like they're being told off when someone else has told them to do it. And there's no conversation there. So I think again, not so much empowering language, but also what you say can sometimes really affect how a woman feels about herself especially when she's a new mum yeah you know yeah I had a client in a hospital who 
was trying to she pressed the buzzer for some help because she'd had quite a big blood loss and she couldn't move as well she had a catheter and a blood bag and yeah. and all sorts and she she'd lost a huge amount of blood so she buzzed to ask somebody to help her change a nappy and came in and someone said well you're gonna have to learn to do that yourself and it's like that's absolutely right she will have to learn to do it herself but yeah. right now she's in your care and yeah and i don't think the midwife who came in and said that probably was thinking oh i'm just gonna you know i feel like really making yeah. this mum feel bad about herself yeah but it was a careless use of language or thoughtless mm-hmm. like you know oh, well you know you can i think she was probably trying to say that you can do this you're fine like you've got yeah. this but how you say it really yeah really, really can make it. someone feel that they are a crappy mum mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. yeah definitely it's having a conscious having an awareness of how you phrase something isn't it not just what you're saying but how you're saying it how you're saying it and and how that woman's receiving it mm. being able to and i know that they're busy on on the postnatal awards at the moment i mean i've yeah. worked on them it's hell on earth sometimes but mm. a few extra minutes just to smile and be a bit kinder doesn't hurt yeah um but yes and i think yeah and also how you speak to partners as well mm-hmm. that can be quite empowering and disempowering depending mm. on what you say or you know well-meaning like you know you know people obviously have their family and their units and they say well my mum suggested you know this and they're like oh well your mum knows nothing yeah it's about being dismissive of other people's opinion it's not yeah. it's yeah just different but yes they are my pet peeves but i do think if women can it's difficult to say but what i'd like is for healthcare professionals to be retrained <laughs> a little bit yeah. um or even just to listen to how words like to do some sort of training and listening to women's experiences and how they're spoken to because i'm pretty sure most of them don't mean to do it there's no malice behind no, it no i don't yeah no I don't, well I, I, every every midwife that trained to be a midwife did it because they want to help women didn't don't, don't yeah. they? so it's not like it's an intentional you know um intentional thing i think yeah you're right it's just a case of educating you know how the impact of, of language on on the birthing person yeah i mean and death by powerpoint is not the way to go forward with it but mm-hmm. having a woman who's been in in that care to talk to you about how that language impacted i mean remember hypnobirthing techniques and affirmations and um parallels with sports sports people and how it's kind of widely accepted oh that yeah sports totally. people use positive affirmations and you know they psych themselves up before games and things all the time and like you know i've used muhammad ali as an example yeah you know he said that he was greatest even before he was the greatest (laughs) um and um you know discussing why why it's kind of acceptable to think that positive affirmations work in sports but then when we talk about birth people kind of think it's all wishing yeah they they laugh and they kind of go yeah, exactly. So they do the same about. I mean, I think that's the other thing is one of the things I say to women that are in their care is like go and have um, some physio or some not physio, mm. some osteopath or chiropractor. Mm-hmm. See them during early labour because you're getting your body ready for quite a big task ahead. And mm. if you were running a marathon, you wouldn't think twice to go and see a sports masseuse or something like yeah. that. And the same as in labour and birth, it's like you know, get your body in the best condition possible. Yeah. Yes, I know that designed to give birth but we also what we aren't designed to do is sit on our asses and watch telly all day so well exactly yeah exactly yeah i just sent you a link thank you it's the same as like 
you know, squatting, you know, is we, we, we should be able to squat and squat's a really good position for labouring, but because we all wear high, well, I used to wear high heels before I had kids. Um, you know, most most of most Western women particularly can't yeah. squat effectively if we can't get our heels on the floor because our calf muscles are all shortened from wearing heels. So it's same same thing, isn't it? It's yeah. Um, modern day life kind of affects your posture and your muscles and everything, doesn't it? So completely definitely and and you know carrying a large handbag around or mm-hmm. a child a small child on your hip yeah affects it all as well you've got so yeah. much and and you know you know we all had teenage well i didn't have teenage stuff in uni i was an old lady when i went to uni but anyway <laughs> but um you know you know when you're younger and you go to uni or you go out to parties and you do something stupid or you fall downstairs or you fall off mm-hmm. a table because you were laughing dancing on it yeah you know three in the morning that can impact how little nudge on your pelvis which mm-hmm. can then affect how it moves and yeah. that can then affect how the baby gets down and around and you don't think about you know falling off a horse when you were 16 yeah. but yeah anyway, we digress <laughs> it's funny though because you know obviously i just i trained as a hypnobirthing instructor after mm. i had my last baby and the amount of stuff that i've learned now that i'm like god i wish i had have known all this stuff first time round never mind second or third time round yeah totally not having any more kids (laughs) totally no I was the same I was like why did I not know any of this stuff and the thing was when I was was my first baby I read a lot but I didn't and I even looked at getting a doula it was really interesting I looked at having a doula and I was just like I can't I can't justify the expense yeah I'm like things could have been so different had I done that that's one thing that somebody told me actually second time round when I was looking into getting a doula and she said to me you will never ever regret spending the money on a doula but you will regret regret not spending the money yeah absolutely so, no it's it's just if there's one thing that you could you know you're going to splurge money on is is to get a doula because it's it's you know yeah such, such money well spent and again if I'd known about independent midwives back then I probably yeah. would have blown my budget on that so I it's one of those things that I think yeah sometimes sometimes you spend money and you think on stuff and you think oh that was a waste but other times I think I think you're better to regret doing it than not doing it and regret not doing it yeah 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 Yeah. especially when when you know so many of us spend like six hundred thousand pounds this I never have by the way because I buy second hand but lots of people spend you know six hundred thousand pounds on a buggy and like that's just mind-blowing that you would or even more I mean how much would you spend on a holiday two weeks on holiday yeah exactly well, God, especially now I've got there's five of us. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, you're never going on holiday again. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You go down to Cornwall or something in the, the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's literally, and I mean, some of the people that I speak to, I think you know, I've been on holiday. I mean, we never went on really expensive holidays, mm. but you probably spend two or three thousand pounds by the time you've actually done your flights and your accommodation and anything you've been there and food and mm. and all that for two weeks yeah and your pregnancy is nine months and, a well, bit. and the effects of your pregnancy last can last a lifetime Forever. so mm. yeah yeah and i mean and anyone any woman that's had given birth will t- be able to tell you so much about her birth mm. yeah you know you don't forget no not at all so yes mm. so use the right language people <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you so much no you're welcome 
The Better Birth podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung.